you have that better posture, it just impacts everything. It impacts how you feel at your job. It impacts how you ride your horse. It impacts how you interact with your kids. And so it's, it does, it's, it matters in everything, all of it, all day. So it's a pretty fun change to make. Welcome to the Horsewoman Project, a podcast where we talk about all things horsewoman, from relationships to truck issues, taking care of your nutrition and fitness, and of course, horses. Hi, Camry. Hello, how are you? I am good. So, question for you. That yes, exercise my- that I sent you for mm-hmm. the for your hips, mm-hmm. what did you think of that? I liked it. But I, I, so I'll tell you what, the first day when I tried it, like right after you sent it to me, because honestly, my hips have been killing me, like both sides. Normally, it's just my left side has been hurting, but the last couple of days, it's been both sides have been really hurting. So I did it the first day and I felt like it helped like immediately. Just, I was like, oh, it feels really good. <laughs> um, but then I did it yesterday and it definitely wasn't immediate, but I'm going to keep adding it to my PT, I think, because I definitely noticed a difference, but yeah, um, but more of a difference the first day versus the the last day or the second day. Yeah. Well, and I noticed a difference. So for our listeners, we'll link to the video about this um, mm-hmm. little exercise you can do. It's for low back pain. Um, it, that's in a very specific spot, um, kind of right there at the top of your butt um, by your SI area. But uh, I noticed I was doing it and it did help a little bit, but it didn't help like immensely. And my husband, Larry, was the one who told me about it. And so I was like, Larry, like, am I doing it wrong? Or, you know, because he he told me about it and it helped him a, a ton. And he actually pressed on it for me with just a little bit more pressure than I did. Oh, that made a big difference. So I'm like, oh, maybe you just need like either a little more pressure from yourself or from a spouse or a friend or <laughs> something. Cause yeah, just that little bit, um, extra amount of pressure really helped. So. Yeah. I had my husband do the same thing actually last night where I was like, Did I you? think I need more because my thumb is not doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used my knuckles too. I took like two of my fingers and just pressed down with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And so when we're saying like press down, we're pressing down just, like right at the top of the iliac crest, which is where your pelvis and your back meet. Um, so where you're feeling the pain and then we're doing, um, leg exercises and it's called like flossing. So as you're moving the leg, your muscle gets shorter and gets bigger. And when you have that pressure there, it pretty much like flosses against that pressure and helps relieve, relieve stress. So yeah, we'll link to it. It it was interesting. Yeah. It's not too different from what my PT has me doing with some other stuff. So it was good. Yeah. I've had pain there for years. I used to have big SI joint issues um, for a lot of years. And so I was like, oh, this is amazing. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So did you guys do anything fun for Valentine's Day? Nothing too crazy. I went into Thea's classroom, her little first grade classroom, and did a little activity where they got to decorate little cookies. And so that was fun. It's always fun to go in her class and help when I can and just see her in that element, you know, because she's cute. Yeah, it's so cute and so fun. So that was fun. And then 
um, after school, the kids both went to their first wrestling practice. <laughs> Thea Wait, has, so Thea and wrestling? She just decided this year that she wanted to really? try it. Yeah, Tripp's been doing it for three years now, and he loves it. And Thea asked this year, can I do wrestling? I was like, yeah, sure, sure. why not? Like, go for it. <laughs> so how does that make you feel, having your daughter in wrestling? Eric and I have talked a lot about this, because that's Eric's favorite sport, is wrestling. And he was really, really good at it. So he's always like, I want all of our kids in wrestling. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm not against having <laughs> girls do it, but there, there's just that little piece, because I remember my older brother doing it growing up and I just it traumatized me because of like he just was getting beat up all the time every time uh -huh. I went and watched and he was just crying all the time I'm like why are people beating up my brother yeah <laughs> so that's my memories of wrestling I'm like <laughs> yeah the first few times I watched Trip wrestle I was the same way like I was like oh my little boy it's like <laughs> and at one point like a kid was like headlocking him and was not supposed to be doing that and his face started turning like bright red and I was like stop Duh. like the ref was not calling it and I'm like because they just have these young kids mm -hmm. and when they teach the little teeny tiny kids they just have like middle school or high school kids be the refs and um and this young ref was just like not calling it and I was like he's turning purple <laughs> so it definitely was like is uh, it hard as I, a mom? Because I feel like I'd want to jump in and be like, don't touch my kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I do think it is teaching Trip a lot of resilience. Um, so for a while, he would get this really intense look on his face that was like his, oh, like his intense, like I'm going to beat this kid face. And right now he's actually going through kind of a tough time with it where he really loves to wrestle and he loves practice, but he gets very overwhelmed at the tournaments and, and his emotions just get like huge and he can't get a, a rein on him. You get a handle on it, you know? And, um, and that I think has been harder for me than the physical stuff. Cause the physical, he's such a physical kid. Anyway, he worked, he lives on a farm and he's, does a lot of rough and tumble stuff so that part wasn't as hard but this this emotional part where it I mean he will literally just be so upset for 30 to 30 minutes to an hour where he just like can't calm down and and um but we thought about pulling him out because of it but we asked him and he he's, he still wants to do it and he still wants to do it and I said okay like let's take some steps to work on controlling yourself when you get a little bit like intense and and feel those emotions so now anytime he starts getting a little bit worked up I'm like okay trip it's your chance to practice like let's practice either like singing something or breathing and he loves that light meditation that's his favorite thing to do so we do that one a lot and um yeah but it's it's been so hard I'm like oh because his his emotions are just so intense and but I feel like it is creating that resilience in him that he knows he can go in and win or lose and he can come out of it so I'm really excited to see kind of how he comes out of it this year and how how he works through it so yeah that's that's super cute super interesting <laughs> too because again I just I remember um when wrestling and we only went to one school that offered wrestling and then we moved and there was no chance for to wrestle but like seriously I'd go in and I'm like he just comes out and he's just bawling I'm like yeah. Why are we doing this awful thing? <laughs> well, and it's such a full contact, one-on-one. -on -one, so it's all you. It's not a team sport. It's all on you. So those losses are even harder to take when you're already in this like 
push as hard as you possibly can against this other human being, like body on body. And so I think just the intensity of it in general, and then mixing that in with losing, it's a little bit easier to lose, I think, when you're on a soccer team, when it's the whole team and it's not just you. But when you have that intensity of something like wrestling, it does make losing that much more intense and harder to deal with so yeah that's interesting that's something that eric actually talks a lot about um with him wrestling in school because he was one of the top wrestlers and was supposed to win state and then like went in and lost state his last year and he's like that was the most devastating thing for him and it is interesting to hear from like that different perspective of of how much more intense that is because it makes sense though because it is all on you it's you know, you either win or you don't win. And there's, there's nobody else to, to lose with, you know? Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. But now we'll see what Thea thinks of it. So (laughs) she's a, she's a tough little girl. She has gone to his wrestling practices and just kind of played on the side the last couple of years and she'll just play in the background, you know? And, but then when wrestling is over, she goes and plays with all the boys and like yanks them over and stuff. And I'm like, man, she's, She's going to get after it. <laughs> it's going to be oh, she's fun gonna to be see. scrappy. I said, <laughs> I muted myself. <laughs> I can see her being go. scrappy. Yep. She looks yep. like a scrappy young girl. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it'll be fun. I'm excited. And, you know, having his sister there with him, I'm kind of curious to see what that dynamic does, how it, how it might change things for him. So yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, it will be interesting. Are there any other girls on the wrestling team? Um, I didn't go into the practice. There were like 50 kids there, though. Oh, wow. I mean, there was a ton, um, but I didn't, like, stay long enough to pinpoint if there were girls there. I know there are a handful of them. There have been maybe four or five that I've seen over the last couple of years that Trip has been doing it. So there's not very many girls, but our high school team just started a women's wrestling team. No. Um, so because they've had enough people interested. So there's a there's if she does want to stick with it and go all the way to high school with it, there's a team. So wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So speaking of sports and all the tough physical things. You want to start into our topic? <laughs> yes. So this is a topic that actually Camry picked out because <laughs> from our training with or just our work together, she's been super curious about this. So we thought we'd talk about it, but it's about training specifically for postural. What is it like correction, postural correction and and how your posture really does affect your training and your writing. And I really want to focus on how I program for that, what I look for, but also why you need it and how it affects your writing. So Camry, you want to kind of just go in, like, what was your biggest question? We can kind of start with that one and then go. Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen things on Facebook, like these little posture corrector things that you put on your, either your bra strap or the back of your shirt or whatever that help you correct your posture. And I do think, a lot of it is just simply putting yourself in that position, you know, of, of holding that. But um, I do, like, I guess I am curious with, I think there is a genetic component as well. Like me and you talked about a little bit with me that I possibly have some lumbar lordosis where my spine is just shaped a little bit differently. And um, so I guess, how do you, 
figure out how far someone can take posture with something that could be physical like that of of a spine um, spine issue or a spine a difference in your spine <laughs> than average. So I don't know if that was yeah. a, a very clear question. That was kind of a little <laughs> bit of a ramble, but <laughs> no, you're good because it brings into a good point. And um, as we talk about this too, like I cannot diagnose that. So I think that that's something Camry might have, but at the same time, she's got to go talk to somebody and actually get it, get it taken care of. Um, but what lumbar lordosis is, is where your pelvis actually dips forward too much. So your tailbone kind of juts out a little bit. And oftentimes you'll see like, uh, like the butt will come back a little bit further in somebody with it than in somebody who, who has a, has a more neutral pelvis. Um, my husband is one who's got it really bad. Um, where his back, I mean, it looks like your stick straight up in your back, and but then the butt kind of comes out a little bit further, and that's just the tilt of the pelvis there, um, just to explain kind of what that is. But as far as from a training standpoint, again, because I don't diagnose those kind of things, I just kind of look and go, okay, well, we we notice some of those things, and a lot of times with lumbar lordosis, that means your inner abs, like your psoas muscles, are going to be stretched out because of that tilt of your pelvis and so with you Camry that's something we really like out of the gate started focusing on was a lot of inner core work a lot of being really mindful about utilizing and engaging those muscles to help pull that forward a little bit now with that that's also just a structural thing that you probably will have the rest of your life right if it is structural if it is that um but there are steps that we can take to help with that and to support you around that. Um, some other spinal issues would be like scoliosis. Um, I've got a client with scoliosis. And so with something like that, it's more about how can we train around that and support uh, my client's body around his scoliosis and get him like the the support that he needs without increasing pain because there are going to be things like I cannot go in and, and fix his scoliosis like he'd have to go in and get surgery for that right that is not something I could do but I can program in such a way that we are supporting him and that we are not causing any more issues with how his spine is um and then there's another one and I'm going to butcher this name um I just know I am but it's like kyphosis it's what it's called k-y-p-h-o OSIS. Um, but this one is, I feel like pretty common um, with, I don't know if you watch computer workers, where their heads kind of come forward and they have more of a rounded upper back, right? And so you get into that like computer motion. And that one, um, like these are all actual structural issues. Um, but I feel like we see kyphosis in a lot of people, especially since we're all, most people are working from home on computers, sitting all day. This is going to be something very common that, that we just sit in. And when we go from a neutral spine, we can make it so our bodies pull us in some of these directions as well, which is like why with Camry, we, we started working on where those weaknesses are that are allowing your pelvis to tilt and trying to just support it to bring it forward. With the kyphosis, we're going to look, okay, what, what muscles are weak? What's, what's muscles are tight that are pulling you out of place? And we're going to train accordingly. Yeah. So one thing that I think with that kyphosis um I wonder if a lot of that does come from not even just computers but phones um I was 
reading this article a while back and I don't remember very many details from it, but essentially it was like issues in that upper spine from how much we are looking down at our phones um, and that that tilt of the head looking downward. So um, have you noticed that a lot with people that there are a lot of that head forward and that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I would say 95% of my clients have that issue. Um, but it's also not just phones. Even before phones, it's reading. You know, it's studying. Like, think about college and all those hours you spend huddled over, writing, studying, the hours you spend at school doing the same thing. We just all put our forward body in a very crunched position, <laughs> right? Whenever we're sitting, it's just it happens because of the society we live in. Um, so yes, this is something I see all the time and I'm constantly training with um, and training to correct with my clients. So with that, what is the first muscle group that you would target in someone that has that that upper body kind of hunch? Yeah, so the first thing I'm going to do, honestly, is start training the back. Most people have a really stretched out back like their back actually isn't very strong because they are sitting there and when you think about like if you just sit right now and hunt yourself forward and push your push your chin forward and think about typing on on a computer you're stretching out your back and you're tightening up your chest so your chests are you get very very contracted and your back gets very very stretched out in that position so the first thing i'm going to do is add a lot of back training and in most of my programming we actually like i would say we hit chest maybe once or twice, depending on the person. If if they want a more developed chest, then we'll we'll train a little bit more. But most of the time, we're going to be training back almost every time that they train if we're doing full body splits, because most people do have that stretched out postural thing if they're sitting at a desk or or something for work. Um, the only times that I really haven't seen that too much are my clients who have more active jobs, who are up and moving around every day and are getting a lot of steps in at their job. I don't see that quite as much because they are standing um, and not hunched over quite quite as severely. But again, kyphosis too, that is a structural change. So if you notice that in yourself and you think it might be kyphosis, you've got to go get like imagery taken and somebody's got to, <laughs> got to actually um, diagnose you with that. But if you just notice that you're slumped over, there are lots of things that we can do to help that from a training perspective. Yeah. And I feel like this applies to a lot of horse people too, because if you ever get lessons, one of the things that coaches love to say is shoulders back and down. You know, we don't want our shoulders up in our ears, but we also don't want to ride like apes, you know, with our arms forward and our shoulders hunched and, and rounded around the front. Um, and so, you know, I've heard everything from like pinch a pencil between your shoulder blades and things like that from coaches in the past. Um, so other than just actually correcting yourself in the moment of like I said, like those posture things that you would put on your back or, or whatnot. Um, I guess, do you, do you think those types of things help and work to be able to either correct yourself or have a little thing like that on your back to correct you? Or do you find that other things work better, like the strength training or kind of a combination deal? Um, I think it's more of a combination deal because the strength training and everything, yes, it's going to help in the long run um, because we will be able to strengthen those muscles, which is going to help support those different things. So if you think about just correcting your posture in your chair right now, making sure that your pelvis isn't tilted forward, that your low, you know, 
that your lower back comes and hits the back of your chair. Think about, okay, are my shoulders against the back of my chair? Where's my neck? Is my neck forward? Or is it resting in a comfortable position? That's where your posture really should be with, you know, elbows closer to your side, like you're riding, you know, we want our elbows to be, to be in that midline of our side. When you hold your reins, that's where it technically should be when you're typing as well <laughs> to hold good posture. Um, but if you are weak, and you can't hold yourself like that for very long, that's when the training comes into play and can really help with that as well, because we will be training those muscles to help hold you in that position even better. So it's it's a combination of both. You have to be aware of what you're doing outside of the training as well, because training alone isn't going to help if, because, I mean, if you think about it, you're at work eight hours a day at least, right? And you're training maybe half an hour to an hour. Half an hour to an hour a day is not going to completely fix what you're doing for eight hours a day. You still have to be very conscious of what you're doing outside of the training session as well. And like you said, one of my my passion is to work with riders and to really help them ride better and be strong in the saddle. And just like you said, that is a very common position we see. And you and I were talking a little bit about it last night, judging um critiquing my riding <laughs> position and you and I are pushers, right? We like to push with our arms and that, if you think about it, if you push with your arms forward, what does that do to your body? Like it automatically puts your, your pelvis in a backwards tilt. It pushes your chest forward. It tightens your chest. It lengthens out your, your back and puts us in a forward lean position which is not ideal when you're riding not colts, right? And you don't, they don't need that extra support. So not only are, for our more advanced horses, are we actually making it harder for them to do their job, but we're putting our bodies in positions that, that make it harder for our bodies to, to ride and do the job that they need to do as well. Um, so again, doing some back work, making sure that your inner core and, and everything is very developed and, and strengthened can be very helpful for those kind of positions as well. Yeah. And I noticed a big difference because when I first started with you and we started critiquing my riding form as well, I get a lot of bad habits because of riding colts, because they are very wobbly and wiggly and you, I, <laughs> it's just a bit different riding a colt versus a slightly more advanced horse. But when I would try and correct myself and put my shoulders in a certain way and put my legs in a certain way and my my heels underneath my hips and things like that, it was much, much harder in the beginning. Like I would get sore very, very quickly and fatigued very, very quickly. And then I also noticed a bit more of like a brace in my body when I would do those things because it's almost like my body was fighting to go back to its quote unquote norm, like where I had been. <laughs> and so it was... I, I don't know. I guess I just felt like my body was bracing against itself, against what I was trying to fix. Whereas now, because of the strength training that I've done and the muscle groups that I've been able to strengthen in my back, uh, it's made it so that now when I correct my form, my body is like, oh, okay, like those muscles can do that and, and do this and put this body part over here. And it's not so fatiguing and so like almost cramp inducing. <laughs> Like I would cramp on the outside of my hips, not going to lie. When I would correct my leg position, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm Charlie horsing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, just kind of something I noticed through the process. 
Oh, yeah. And what you're noticing is 100% common. <laughs> like, you are definitely not alone with that. Because if you think about putting your body in any kind of a different position, it's going to do that. Like, today, I'm really focused on my posture this morning, because my hips, like we've been talking about for I feel like a month or two now, have been really bugging me. So I switched chairs today. And I'm really putting myself in a very straight position where my pelvis is tilted where it needs to be where my hands can rest where they need to be. And I tell you what, like my, um, the, the lumbar part of my back is very tight right now. It's like, okay, I'm working hard, <laughs> but it's because I have been allowing it to just slump forward and not work right for so long. And so now it's, it's having to work a little bit longer. So even in the training, you notice that when you first started training though, too, it's like your body's like, Oh, I don't know about this movement. Like, you know, I I'm, I'm a little bit tight. There's this, this is kind of weird. And that's just part of strengthening your body. So I always tell riders when you're starting out, it, it's going to feel really hard. It's going to feel like a workout when you're fixing these issues. If it doesn't, that's a good sign that you've put yourself back in the wrong position. So you need to check your position again. And it kind of sucks sometimes because you want to be able to push your horse and, you know, lope off and do different things and practice the leg yields and everything. But if you are not in the right position, you're just training your, you're just making it harder on your horse because you're blocking the horse, your horse in different situations. Like for Camry, riding like a colt, when she says ride like a colt, it's, it's like we talked about at the beginning, she's pushing her hands forward. Her chest is very constricted. Her legs, her stirrups are shorter, which she needs for more support, but that also brings her legs forward and up a little bit more, which pushes her back into the back of the cantle, which puts a lot of pressure in the back of the saddle of the horse. And then with her legs forward, she's blocking the horse from being able to bend as properly as it could, because she's blocking that shoulder. And, you know, it, then with that forward lean, she's also putting a little bit too much weight on, on the forehand. So there's just so many things about what your posture does to your horse that if you do not train and you think, oh, well, it's fine because my horse can do it you're making your horse work 10 times harder than it really needs to work. And honestly, probably blocking some of the progression that it could be getting if you were to just spend every session really working on your posture and really focusing on that and just checking yourself every couple of minutes. Okay, did I did I allow my legs to come forward again? Did I, where's my head? Where's my shoulders? Where's my hips? And this is something in my riding lessons that I will constantly shout out like every few minutes. Okay, where's your head? check your shoulders, check your hips, wear your heels. And just by doing that, having that constant reminder of like, oh yeah, okay, I need to move my heels back, stop the horse for a second, adjust yourself, wear your hips, okay, I'll adjust this, now where's my head and my shoulders and, and adjust those and just kind of constantly have that, okay, head, shoulders, hips, heels, head, shoulders, hips, heels, and, and just check those positions as you're riding can be very helpful. Hey, it's like the kid's song. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. hundred <laughs> percent. You seriously well, just sing that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just sing it as you ride. Um, and when we have bad posture or we're compensating because of a imbalance front to back or side to side with our muscles, it's going to create those similar compensation patterns in your horse so then they're going to get unbalanced left and right or front or and back or they're going to get back sore because of where you're placing your weight whether it's too far forward or too far back um, and things like that so you'll probably notice a big difference in your horse if you start working on you just because of 
your balance creating more balance in your horse even without changing anything different in your routine with your horse of what the horse is doing they will start to feel better just because your body is more balanced which creates more balance in their body so kind of a fun little cascading effect there (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah well and that actually leads really good into because I wanted to talk about why do we even care why does it matter if our posture is a little bit bad like why do we want to fix that and for riders 100% it's going to support your horse and if that isn't a good enough reason then maybe you need to rethink your riding career honestly because if you don't want to be in there to support your horse like I don't know why you're riding (laughs) um but then too posture puts a big emphasis on how your organs can function as well. So if you think you have lumbar lordosis, so you have that anterior tilt of your pelvis, your butt's shooting out backwards, that's going to put a lot of pressure on your lower back, but it's also going to push your intestines forward and into a and into the front of your stomach a little bit more, which can slow down processes. It can cause a lot of issues that way. Um, Think about like as a woman, it's going to tilt your uterus in a a different way as well. And maybe can cause a little bit more cramping in that area. I'm not 100% sure, but kind of guessing on that one, but it does push your intestines and things out of place and puts them into a harder position. Think about like what it does to your lungs as well. Your lungs shoot forward. It's going to be a lot harder to breathe deeply in that position. Now, if you have the hunched over position, it's pushing your stomach back. Your stomach is now getting hit by one of your, um, by your ribs, by your left ribs. It's going to be pushed back and put into there. It can cause a lot of like cramping when you're eating because it's pushing against your rib. It doesn't have that room to expand underneath your rib. It's pushing your lungs back and down, which makes it so you have to expand your ribs in order to breathe versus expanding your diaphragm. It pushes your intestines back, which can cause a lot of issues and cause a lot slower and maybe maybe cause some um, constipation issues. So if we just look at it from a functioning standpoint, it can do a lot of damage to your body. Um, just just alone even if we take the writing out of it there's a lot that it does to your body that can cause issues (laughs) um and it can also cause like blood circulation issues as well and make it so your blood circulation isn't isn't functioning as properly as it should um so there's lots of health reasons why why we focus on posture it's not just to look pretty it's not just to ride well it's because your functioning as a whole body will go down Well, and I've noticed too, like kind of how I was talking about with that bracing, um, now that I am a little bit stronger in those areas, I'm able to put my body in the right position with less brace because when we brace our horses brace and, and, you know, like we talked about, it leads into that cascading effect for a positive or negative reason, (laughs) depending on what's going on. But Um, It's kind of like how people tell you that you need to squeeze your horse to go forward, but don't squeeze so hard that you're like, like uh, iron clamp on them, you know? Yeah. Like, (laughs) because that's actually going to get in the way of their forward movement. So you're using the squeeze more as a cue than as like a squeeze as hard as you possibly can. Um, And so it's, it's been nice to be able to still put my body in the same position without my body fighting itself so much. And with a little bit more, um, not necessarily relaxation, but a little bit more ease. Um, So kind of a fun thing I've noticed there as well. Yeah. Well, and just remember too, as you train guys, you get stronger. So as you practice these positions, you're going to get stronger. It just takes practice. It takes reps. It takes sets. You need to come at it 
come at your writing at the same and with the same mindset as you do with your training. The more you practice, the more progress you're going to see, the easier it's going to be to sit there, the, the better you're going to feel about it. Just like Camry said, um, <laughs> and Camry and I have been critiquing my posture because I'm really good at critiquing other people's, but very rarely do I ever have anyone look at mine. So I, I did some videos and then took some took some still shots and she and I were critiquing my writing and I was doing the exact same thing Camry's been doing, right? Where my, my legs are up and forward. My, my arms are pushing my horse forward. I'm, I'm in more of a forward lean than I should be. I'm pushing myself back into the saddle. And again, very common when you're riding green horses for you to kind of get into that position because we push the horses forward. But once they get to a point where they don't need that push, you actually want to think about pulling your horse. Your whole body should be pulling your horse, working with your horse, pulling your horse's hip underneath. That's how your hips should be working, how your back should be working. That's where your arms should be as well. They should be in a pulling motion, not a pushing motion. Because yeah, when you push your horses, you put yourself in a position to to stop them and to to disrupt what they're able to do. And so that's been something I've been telling myself, okay, pull with my hips, not push with my hips. So where, where do, what do my hips do when I pull? They come forward and they move in the saddle and they pull the hip, like her hips underneath me, right? That's, that's the imagery I have in my head when I'm thinking about that as I'm riding. So that might be kind of a helpful cue. Pull with your hips. Where do your hips need to be? Now check your hands. Are they pushing the horse or are they resting nicely and ready to pull if they, if she needs support in that way? Yeah. Well, and I love the, the pull with the hips. Um, one thing that I like thinking of, at least for myself with the hands is instead of thinking pull that tends to like, if you think of pulling straight back on the reins, it tends to make you brace. Right. So if you think a little bit more of lift, lift with the hands and kind of pull with those hips, pull forward with those hips, um, that can help a little bit as well, because we do get a lot of riders that like to pull too hard all the time on their horse's mouth, never give a release. Um, so just think of lifting your horse with your hands, lifting their shoulder, their neck and their head. Um, yeah. So I like a, that correction. A, yeah. A little mm -hmm. bit of a change of verbiage there, but it does yeah. like just the, the vision that it puts in my head, I guess. And the, what's implied with thinking about lift versus pull, um, helps no, me. No, <laughs> I, I like, I like that correction too. I've been trying to figure out a different way to say it. Cause I'm like, I'm, I don't want you pulling your horse, you know, past the vertical line and really making them contact up. So lift is a perfect verbiage, I think for that and a perfect imagery for that. I like that. I'm going to change that in my own head too. <laughs> lift. <laughs> lift. Um, so I do want to talk a little bit about, unless you've got another question to go off of right now. Um, no, go ahead. Okay. But I wanted to talk about how to check your own posture and how I check my client's posture. So my clients, I've talked a lot about, <laughs> I know, but we do progress photos. So this is where they're going to be standing straight up, straight in front, facing the camera and in a relaxed position. Then they're going to face the side in a relaxed position. Then they're going to face the back in a relaxed position. And as long as they aren't like, you know, they're, they're truly relaxed and they're not pulling themselves out of position. I do try to emphasize relaxed, <laughs> you know, um, but I'm going to be able to tell just from pictures, some different things that are going on. Now, what I look at, and it's very similar to what I'm looking at in, in my riders when they're in the seat is for that midline of the body are the, is the middle of the hips aligned with the middle of their shoulders. And does that go down through the middle of their foot or their heel? And then does it go up through the middle of their head? Now with Camry, for instance, what I see is the middle of her foot to to the middle of her hips, her hips are a little bit further back in that midline. 
and then it goes straight through the middle of her shoulders just fine and through the middle of her head normally right but but her hips are just a little bit past that midline and sometimes that can make it to where where her head might come just a touch bit forward as well from that midline but that's something that I noticed with Camry um with most clients that I have especially with sitting jobs what I notice is we start the line you always start the line at the middle of your heel that's where it's going to start and then you're going to just draw it straight up at a 90 degree angle from there but then what I notice with other people is they'll come forward and their knees will actually come forward out of that midline as well. So you almost look like they have a locked knees when they're standing straight. Um, And then their hips are way forward in front of that midline. Their shoulders come forward in front of that midline and their head comes forward out of that midline. So everything is almost like a forward lean. (laughs) And it looks like they're, you know, like if you, if you put the line in, it almost looks like, how are they standing straight? Because everything is just leaning forward. And if you think about those positions, so, so the first example with Camry, where the butt's coming further back, if you think about what that's doing to the joints as well, it is compressing a lot of that lower spine, right? And so she's going to end up having a lot more lower back pain than somebody who has a neutral spine, which I know Camry, I think that's something that you, that we've talked about before that you do experience quite a bit of. And that, that is definitely a very common thing when, when that tilt happens, which again, to correct that, we're going to focus a lot on inner ab work, inner core work. Um, Now with the other one, if you're leaning quite forward in this one, I would say probably 99% of you probably have. (laughs) Um, But if you think about the knees, that puts a lot of pressure on the knees because the knees are having to work really hard to keep you straight up from falling forward. And, and same with like your feet, right? Like there's a lot of pressure going on in that lower leg area to just keep you standing because everything is forward a little bit. Then you think about about your upper back. There's probably going to be a little bit of pain in that upper back area and your neck area. You're probably going to notice some pain pain in that area. So just from a joint perspective, there's a lot of things there. But that's what I'm going to be looking for. I'm going to draw like a, a 90 degree angle starting at the middle of their heel or it's kind of like the tip of their heel. So you want to think about going right in the middle of your shin pretty much and lining that up and then going straight up. And so that's how I see, see that with scoliosis. A lot of times you'll see like one shoulder higher than the other one hip jutted out to the side. Um, and that if you have scoliosis, you're going to (laughs) know, you know, because, because you have it your whole life. So I'm sure a doctor has told you, and that's something to definitely, if you, if you go into a coaching program, your coach needs to know, um, because you have to train a little bit differently that way. But, um, go ahead. So one thing I wanted to share, I don't know how many people this is going to apply to, because like you said, a lot of people are probably on the other end of where I am, (laughs) where they're kind of coming forward off of that line. Um, But with me, with the way that my pelvis tilts like that, when I was at the worst part of my low back pain, I couldn't lay on my back or my stomach without pain. Um, And then I couldn't, like if I hung from something like doing pull-ups, extreme pain. I mean, it just felt like it was on fire and just stuck, like it couldn't move. Um, So some of the things that I did at that time I guess one of my favorite things um, for people that have horses, which are probably most of our listeners, is every time I would finish a ride with a horse, 
I would stretch across the saddle and put both my hands on the right side or left side of the horse and both my feet on the other side and just hang because it would extend my entire back body because with the way that my hips were tilted, it shortened that lower back portion and just made it all cramped up and tight. So doing that was one of my favorite things because I could just lay across the horse and be like, oh, feels so good. <laughs> um, and at the time I was um, pretty broke. <laughs> I did not have much money and I put off, I did not go to a chiropractor. I did not do anything like that. I just was like, I'll work through it. I'll work through it and it'll eventually go away. I suffered with it for call probably a year and a half, two years before finally being like, I need to do something about this. <laughs> it's not going away. Um, so yes, do some things on your own that help. Like I said, like extending all of that um, back of your body across a horse or a barrel or a couch or whatever it is you want to do. Um, but also please go see a professional if you're having some severe pain like that. <laughs> oh, 100%. All of these things, if you are noticing like acute or chronic pain, you've got to go see a doctor because, I mean, my training helps, but it only helps if you don't have, if you don't truly have lordosis or you don't truly have kyphosis or, or scoliosis, right? Like I can't fix skeletal things. I can help support them if we know what's going on, but I can't fix them from my standpoint. You've got to go and work with a doctor and work with, work with people who really can help with that or at least give you guidance on how to do that and actually give you a diagnosis. Like I cannot diagnose that period. Like that is not my job. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't have mine diagnosed. Um, I would be curious next time I go in to get my doctor's opinion on that, <laughs> but kind of a little bit of a funny story with it. When I was young, like elementary school age, young, uh, people would tease me and they would jut their shoulders forward and then jut their butt out and be like hey look I'm Camry <laughs> and I remember just being like I don't do it on purpose like I don't know <laughs> and now so it makes nice. it makes so much sense I'm like oh that's why it because I was not trying to stick my boobs out and stick my butt out I just that's the way that my posture was <laughs> and so yeah it's it's interesting now figuring it out in my 30s and being like oh that's why <laughs> makes sense I remember the first couple of weeks when we started training it and you were just like I didn't know this was something I could work on <laughs> you know and it's it's it can be sometimes really frustrating when you find out later that like oh you've just you've written it off so long ago that you can't do anything about it and then realize I could have been doing something about this the whole time <laughs> it can be kind of frustrating <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> but um so that's one thing is to look at pictures of yourself completely relaxed like don't hold yourself in a weird position because you're taking a picture just be relaxed notice okay what what comes up now another one that I do as well. Um, and this one's a lot easier for me to do in person. Um, you can, I do sometimes have clients do this with pictures as well, but go up to your wall and you want to put your heels all the way to the bottom of your wall. Then you want to try to just stand straight up. Now notice, can you get your hips, your back and your head to all touch the wall at the same time? If you can, you've got a pretty neutral posture. But if like you're, you're like Camry, you're going to notice that if your butt hits the, hits the wall, it's going to be really hard to get your back to hit the wall and your head at the same time. Like, you know, you might not be able to do it. 
if you have more of a forward posture, like if you are more hunched over, you're going to notice that it's going to be really hard to get your head to the back of the wall if your hips and your back are hitting it at the same time. Or vice versa, it's going to be hard to get your hips if your head and your back are hitting the wall. Like there's going to be, it's going to be hard to get all four points to hit the wall. Um, so that can be a really powerful one just to judge okay, is my, where, where's my pelvis at? Am I hunched forward too much? Um, and again, I see this a lot with people, the, um, the more the hunch forward one, I see a lot with people who work at computers because of just that position that they put themselves in. Um, and if it's something like that, where, where it is more of a learned posture, we can work on it. We can train you out of that. Um, but if you suspect that it might be a spinal issue that is something you do need to go see your doctor with and just just talk to them about about and then work with your trainer on the other hand of how to work work around it yeah so I have a question for you because you used to be doing like 40,000 steps a day and be doing writing lessons and all of that and then now you have switched to doing almost exclusively online stuff and so have you noticed a difference in your posture or your muscle development and have you had to change your training program accordingly? That's a great question. Um, so yes and no. Um, yes, I have noticed a little bit of a difference. My, so when I was walking 40,000 steps a day and not training as consistently as I am now. Um, so when I first started, I would probably, I would train, you know, off and on, but I wasn't as consistent as I am now, where now it's like a religion for me. <laughs> like I'm never going to miss my training days. Um, but what, before that I had such excruciating pain because of how much I was on my feet all day. Like my lower back, I could not bend forward period. My hamstrings were super tight. My glutes were super tight to the point I couldn't walk up and down the stairs at all because of just how much I was moving. And I had to do some body work and get through that. Um, but then I noticed once I started training, outside of what I was doing writing lessons wise, my pain went away because I was supporting my body and getting that full body work that my body was missing at the beginning. But now going from doing my training and, and walking 40,000 steps a day to sitting, I, I do notice a big difference. Like that is, I think 100% why my hips have been hurting is because of how I've been sitting. Um, especially with my setup right now, I do not have an ideal setup. I am just using, my dad's office because we are living with my parents right now and it is not set up well for me to sit here all day long so it is not made for me the chair that I use is made for somebody my husband's size so six foot four 280 pound guy that is the chair that I use and so it puts me in funny positions I have to lean forward more out of it I can't actually sit in the chair um so from that standpoint just from how I've been holding myself for prolonged periods, I think that is why I have quite a bit of pelvis pain and, and hip pain. Um, but two, from sitting, I notice um, when you sit and you sit with your legs at a 90 degree angle, right, you actually shorten your hamstrings and you lengthen your glutes quite a bit. So my hamstrings are very, very tight. And this is something that a lot of people will notice is, oh, I can't touch my toes. A lot of that comes because you're sitting all day. Um and your hamstrings are in a shortened position all day. So outside of that, I do train hamstrings in a lengthened position um, under load because that's going to help stretch them and strengthen them um, through that. And I do a lot of glute training as well because I am sitting in a 
very stretched out position for them. So I need to make sure that they're strengthened as well. Um, but yeah, does that answer your question at all? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and one thing that made a big difference for my husband, because he works a desk job, um, is they got standing desks for all of the workers that wanted them. And so they have an option to they're movable. They're not always standing. So you don't have to stand all day long. So you can just raise it up and it can be a standing desk and you can put it down and it can be lower. Um, And I think those, like if you work from home, maybe look into investing in that. Because I think if you can just change throughout the day, you know, do an hour sitting, do an hour standing, an hour sitting, an hour standing, um, or, you know, whatever you want to do there, but just changing that position. So you're not sitting in the exact same position all day long, I think could be very helpful. It did help my husband quite a bit. So. Oh yeah. My, we just got my husband a standing desk. I'm really jealous. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're but, like, I need one for me oh now. <laughs> my gosh, I do. I need, I need an office. I told him like, we might just buy a, like a shed and turn it into my office because I am dying for my own space. But um, that, that aside, one thing that I do every day, and I'm very religious about this because one, I've got movement goals um, and movement goals for me, it's a non-negotiable for me to get 10,000 steps a day. I'm going to get 10,000 steps a day. Um, so I will set a timer and work for an hour, maybe two hours, but then I'll get up and I'll walk around my house for five minutes. Or or if it's a longer break, like my lunch break, I'm going to go for a walk and get those steps in. And that helps support my body quite a bit because it's going to help me move. It gets my eyes away from the screen as well because there's so many other issues that go along sitting at a desk and sitting at a screen all day um, other than just your posture. There, There's other things that go along with that. But just getting up and moving too, whether it's... Um, if you're at an office space, like just get up, walk around, say hi to people for a second, go, go to the drinking fountain, go to the bathroom, come back, go back to work for a minute. No one's going to care if you're up for five minutes. Like if you're at an office, seriously, and if they do, then I don't know, switch jobs because that's ridiculous. Um, but, but really you do need to get up and move around and, and get that movement in. Cause I mean, think about when you're putting yourself in a seated position, not only are those muscles that I, that I said in, in a different position, but think about what your organs are doing too. It's very common. I feel like for people to have constipation when they're sitting all day, because you're, you're putting your intestines in a shortened position as well. Right. And especially if you're leaning forward at your desk, think about what you're doing to your intestines and your colon and, and everything there, you're really squishing them. So get up, move around, get your circulation to go back through because you can also cut off your circulation in a sitting position as well. So standing desk is really helpful. I still think even with a standing desk, you do need to get up and move around a little bit too. But yeah, yeah, there's definitely things you can do to help support that. Yeah. Well, and one of my other things that I just remembered um, that I really liked to do, and this one helped, especially when I was pregnant, uh, was curb walks. So if you've got a curb, you put one foot on the high end on the sidewalk and one foot down in the gutter. Hopefully it's a clean gutter. (laughs) Um, And then it just gets that hip movement. Because like I said, I was really tight in my low back hip area there. And so doing that and then switching, like be balanced with it. Make sure you have your left foot up for a while and then switch and put your right foot up um, so that you don't get an imbalance there but that helped a ton to loosen up everything in that low back and really just get my hips rocking back and forth so that's another one if you do have low back pain to uh to help with that so yeah I love that I love that 
Well, should we get into the actual training portion? Yeah. <laughs> Dive in, Kayla. Yes. So with me and with the writers that come to me, I am going to be speaking to writers because this is the Horsewoman Project. So <laughs> the writers that, that come to me, um, depending on how long you've been training, I like to start most people at a three-day-a-week program and full body splits. That is my go-to when I'm starting, especially a new a new trainer out, is is doing something like that. Now, the reason I do three days, there's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify when you say splits. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, she's not talking about doing the splits, guys. She means like splitting your body. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I was just at first I heard splits and I was like, wait, what? The splits? <laughs> I haven't been doing those yet. Is that coming up? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. My lingo. So splits is just when I'm saying about splitting up days. That's that's what I mean by by saying splits. So thanks for that clarification. Um but there's a few reasons I do this. Now I get a lot of women when they come to me, they want to go gung ho and they're like, I want to do six day, day a week. So I can do every single day. And it's like, "Mm, no, like, and I actually don't let them. (laughs) And Here's why, because one, when you go to six days, you, you can't recover very well, especially if you're doing a full body split. Like this is one thing I have against like beach body programs (laughs) is most of their programs are going to be a full body something and it's going to be more cardio. So you're not going to necessarily get 100% stronger with some of their programs. They do have some programs that are focused more on strength and are a little bit better that way. But most of the programs I see women coming to me who have done beach body is it's full body all every day for five days a week. And the issue with that is very rarely do they actually do the full five days a week. Like they might do it for the first week and then they're like, oh, I missed the one day, but then I did the second day and then, then I missed this day. So then I did the fifth day and then they feel like a failure because they weren't able to do every single day. And it just, it's, it can be a lot for a lot of people to do that. But then especially doing the full body splits, your body doesn't have enough time to rest and recover. And when you don't give your body enough time to rest and recover, it's not going to get stronger. It's not going to be able to really build those muscles and get and get yourself pulled into a position that we want you to be in. So um, I like to start riders with at least a three-day-a-week program. Um, I do have some who've come to me and we've only done two days because that's all that they could fit in. Two days is better than no days. So, so you can get really good results. And if you want to go um, to my Instagram, I've got I've got some examples of of uh, different clients who have worked out different days a week on there that you can go look at just if you're curious. Um, But anyways, I start them out with three days because one, everyone can make three days work. Everyone has three hours in the week that they can dedicate to working out. I don't care how busy you are. You can dedicate three hours a week to working out. Like I was able to do that working three jobs, training cults, doing riding lessons, commuting four hours a week to do riding lessons and doing my coaching job, I was still able to do three days a week. Like you can do it. You can find that time. Um, so that is something I know for sure all of my clients have time for. No matter what, they have time for the three days a week. But then doing the full body splits, I know for sure we are hitting every muscle group and we're hitting them enough to actually see change and to actually see growth and progress in those movements. And the way that I split them up and the way that we do rests, I know that they're getting the recovery that they need for their muscles to actually be able to build and repair and 
and get stronger and progress from week to week. So with that, um, start off with, with a program that you know you can stick to consistently. So if you, if you want to do Beachbody, that's great. Look at their programs. Choose a Beachbody program that isn't a seven-day-a-week or a five-day-a-week. Choose one that you know, okay, it's going to be three days or something that you know for sure you can show up every day and do. So that's the first thing. You've got to be consistent if you want to see change. The- yeah, well, and one of them on Beachbody that I would suggest is the Lift 4 because uh, it's four days a week. And I like that because most of their programs are five or six days. Um, so I did like that one just because it's it does include lifting um, but some days it has cardio in there and um, so yeah kind of a nice one there if you want to do one that's four days a week yeah that's but. perfect perfect so again just look at the days what can you truly commit to and what can you make non-negotiable so that's um, why I start a lot of women out at three days a week and then honestly most women enjoy it because they only have to work out three days a week and they actually get really amazing results at only doing three days a week. And most of the time, if I start them out at three days a week, they just want to stick there. I do have a couple like Camry's on a four day a week program with me. Um, five, if we include her writing <laughs> portion, but she's in a four day a week lifting program with me. And that's enough for her to see the results that she wants to see. And it, that is going to be different too. Like her program is not, um, full body all the time either it is a little bit different but anyways pick something that you know you can stick to something that can be a non-negotiable now when you look at your posture as well the biggest things that I always train and I always train a little bit more again because of the common weaknesses I see in riders is we're going to train a lot of glutes most of your glutes are very underdeveloped um when they come in because in a seated position they are very relaxed if you think about just standing I mean technically yes your glutes should be activated to help stand but if you're in kind of a weird position they're going to be more deactivated Um, and if you think about when I talk about core core is not your ab muscles they are part of it your core includes your glutes includes your hips it includes your obliques it includes your back all of that is your core So when I say strengthen your core, I'm talking about your glutes. I'm talking about your back. I'm talking about your obliques. I'm talking about the inner muscles. I'm not talking about the six pack abs you see in the front. (laughs) That that's just a little piece of what your core is. So a lot of times with riders, when we get into, or I notice like, okay, they need some core strengthening. Glutes is going to be a big part of that because they are for some reason, very underdeveloped. And I do think that it comes from sitting that comes from just not using the glutes like like you really can use them um so activating activating those adding a lot of glute work normally when i say a lot of glute work we're probably going to if it's a three day a week program we're going to hit glutes every day we're going to hit back every day those are the two things that that i hit quite a bit because they're the two things that tend to be very underdeveloped or if you notice like lower back pain a lot of times that's because your glutes have disengaged and allowed your pelvis to tilt forward. When you engage your glutes, so think about squeezing your glutes, what happens to your pelvis? Your pelvis comes forward and it comes into a neutral position. So if you notice a lot of lower back pain, sometimes that, a lot of times that stems from underdeveloped glutes. So those are the two that I train the most in people are those two areas because they are a big part of your core. They are a big part of keeping you in the saddle. They are a big part of keeping you in a neutral position, both sitting and standing. And then from there, we'll look at 
what does my client, like what's, what's your overall goal? Do you want to see growth in a certain area? And then we'll, we'll go towards that area. Um, but the movements that I focus on, they're hinge movements, squat movements, vertical push pull and horizontal push pull. So I make sure that we hit all of those at least a few times a week in those movements. So hinge movements are going to be a lot of your hamstring glute focused movements. So it's going to look like deadlifts, good mornings, um, glute bridges. Those are hinge movements. Squats, everyone knows what a squat is. You know, you're going to squat down and come in. There's many variations of squats, but we are going to train a few forms of those each week. Um, your vertical push pull, that's pushing your hands up or pulling something down towards the top of your head in a vertical position. Um, horizontal, that's like your push ups, pushing your hands forward or pulling your hands back in like towards your chest or away from your chest. That's horizontal push pull. So depending on what my clients want will depend on how much we train each of those other movements. Um, but that's, that's pretty much it. And what I'm going to do is below here, I'll link to just a really easy guide that I've put together that you guys can look at and, and you can see the different movements and how I put them together in an example day. Um, to kind of help because it is hard to explain without really showing you <laughs> in, in this, but I will link to that and you guys are more than welcome to take a look at that and, and use that if you would like. Um, but yeah, do you have any questions, Camry? I don't think so. Cool. Well then really quick too. So one thing that a lot of people will talk about is stretching and I want to talk about stretching for a second because I, I love yoga <laughs> and everything, but stretching is not going to necessarily in, like improve your posture as much as strength training will, because stretching is just going to stretch out the muscles and it'll make you better at stretching. So let's say if you want to reach towards your heels, it's going to make you better at reaching your heels, but that's not necessarily going to fix how your body's holding itself or how your body's able to move in the saddle. That's when strength training comes into play. So what I really focus on with clients is moving in a full range of motion with load. When you are working in a full range of motion, so if it if it's a squat, I like to see your your um you to come before or below the 90 degree angle. So a lot of times people will stop with with their um butt at a 90 degree angle to their to their knees. I actually like to see that knee come forward almost to the toes or over the toes and butt to come down as far as it can without deactivating the quad. What that's going to do is work that quad, work your glutes in a full range of motion under load, which is going to strengthen it and as well as provide improved mobility. So I look at mobility more than flexibility. When you are hyper flexible, you actually make it so it's harder for your body to hold still, right? So if we think about riding, I like to call you like, think about a big spring. You're a big spring. Now, flexibility would be like taking that spring and stretching it as far as it can till it can't stretch anymore. What happens to that spring? It's very loose. It no longer has that spring action. That's what happens when you focus on flexibility only. You're going to end up having this body that doesn't have that spring action, that doesn't have the tension it needs to be able to perform well. So that's why I focus on mobility. We want your mobility through a full range of motion to be in a good place so you have that tension, so you can spring. So if you need to spring to a full spring, your body can bounce back to it. 
can come back to the to the starting position and be strong there. So that's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> um, because we do see, or I do see a lot of people promoting like, oh, yoga for writers or this for writers, which is great, but that shouldn't be the only thing you do. That should be as a with your strength training program. Because if you only do yoga, you're going to end up with the stretched out spring versus a spring that can come back and be mobile and be and be usable and utilized. Yeah. And then on the flip side of that, if you only do the strength training, but you also don't focus on the mobility with the strength training, you're going to have these muscles, but the range of motion of those muscles is going to be this big. <laughs> and then you're not going to be able to go and do the things you want to do and be able to uh, expand um, and contract. You need both. It's Hey, there's that word again, balance. Balance, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> balance the mobility and flexibility with the strength. <laughs> yep, yep. And so just like you said, this is why I have clients send me form videos because oftentimes they don't train in a full range of motion. And when that happens, we they do get tight. They do get things. And if you think about tightness, tightness is not like, like a lot of times, like I said, you'll feel tight hamstrings because you're sitting all day. That tightness is not saying, oh, I need to stretch my hamstrings more. It's saying, oh, my hamstrings are really weak. So when you have a tight muscle, your muscle is sending signals to your brain saying, hey, I'm really weak. So your brain then turns that and goes, oh, okay, this muscle is really weak. It's not going to be able to move in a full range of motion. So we need to send signals to it saying it's really tight. So this person doesn't move it in a full range of motion and accidentally weaken it. So when I have clients come and they're complaining about hamstring tightness, instead of adding yoga, you know, or, or stretches and guys, I do love yoga. I'm a yoga instructor. I do love yoga. Don't get me wrong. But instead of just saying, oh yes, let's just stretch that muscle. Because what that actually does is weaken the muscle more. What we're going to do is focus on loading that hamstring in a full range of motion and getting it stronger in like the eccentric movement and the lowering movement and the concentric movement as well and strengthening that muscle. And then on the flip side, I love yoga for mindfulness practice. I do think it is good to hold movements and I do think it improves strength in the isometric area where you're just holding them and you're really leaning in and you're being aware of your body and you're allowing your body to relax in certain positions. So don't get me wrong. I do like yoga. I am a yoga instructor. <laughs> I do teach yoga. Um, but I definitely do not want you to think that that's the only thing you should do. If you want to improve your writing, you want to improve your posture, you've got to improve your muscular strength and your body's ability and your muscular ability to come back and, and hold yourself together in a spring-like action. Well, thanks. This has been awesome. Good. And Did it's I been... answer all of your questions, Camry? Yeah. <laughs> this was well, based it's... on questions you had. So. I know. Well, and it's just been so fun for me to see in my relaxed photos the difference over the last five months um, because I my head is further back. My shoulders are further back. My posture at a relaxed stance looks so much better. Uh, just from all this work we've been doing and it's it's really fun to see and it, it does help too to be able to have someone like you because I didn't notice it at first it's kind of like you said when you critique yourself <laughs> with your writing videos you're like I don't know I need an outside perspective here so having you be like oh yeah look at this look at your shoulders and look at your look at your head and everything it was like 
oh, <laughs> I'm noticing all these things now. Um, so it's it's fun to see the progression of all of it. Yes. Well, it has been fun to see your progression. Honestly, because your progression in the posture, I think, has been the most improved at, like, so quickly, more than any other client I've ever worked with. Just your ability to just come back in. And I think that speaks a lot to the work you've put in before coming to me as well. Your body was primed and ready for change. <laughs> like, it was it was like, oh, okay, yep, we're going to change. We're going to adapt to this really quickly, um, which was really cool to watch your body. Because, I mean, just even watching, there was some pictures where you had a shoulder higher than the other and a hip higher than the other. And now you're standing straight and square. And, and it's just really cool to see your pictures. Very cool. And like you said, outside perspectives are amazing because we are our own worst critic. <laughs> For yeah. one, I my I have yet to have a client who does not complain about having to take progress photos. You know, and <laughs> they'll do it, but they're like, Do I have to? How important are these really? Because they feel uncomfortable. But I have never had a client who at the end regrets taking progress photos. In yeah. fact, I've, I've had more who are like, I wish I would have been taking progress photos way before, you know, because you do get to see that. And it is, it is, I feel like more satisfying to see that change in the photos than it is in any kind of scale change that you'll ever see or measurement change, because it's real. It's right in front of you. You can see that difference both structurally and just even your confidence too, when you stand in front of the camera, your confidence changes as well. So yeah. outside perspectives are good. Because you yeah. never notice, you never notice the good in yourself. It is very hard. Yeah. And then you can be like your own Photoshopper <laughs> without Photoshopping. You can just be like, yeah, I did it in the gym instead of on the computer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's one of my favorite things about training, honestly, is the fact that you get to shape your body. Nothing is, nothing is permanent. And that's, that's one thing I love to show clients is you get to shape your body whether that be structurally you can support it even even if you do have some of these issues you can support your body in a way that will show improvement in your body so like like Camry if she truly does have lumbar lordosis she still has seen amazing improvement in her posture even though she does tend to be towards that way which you should ask your doctor and report back if you really do have that or not. I'm very curious to hear. <laughs> I know. I really need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are just so many things you can do to support yourself. Like nothing is set in stone, you know, and that's, that's one thing. I just had a talk with a client last night, actually. Um, maintenance, maintenance phases, guys, I kid you not, are the hardest phases ever to be in because they're not fun. And this client, she's been in a maintenance phase now for about six months. And she's just hit that point of like, ah, <laughs> I don't want to do this stuff anymore. It's, it's boring. It's not fun anymore. And it's hard because instead of the scale going consistently down, sometimes it goes up a little bit and it's hard mentally to do that. And so she and I were talking about that and talking about the mindset shifts that need to happen there. But we get so caught in the idea that everything just needs to stay the same. Like once we lose weight, we just have to stay here. And we have to, we have to do this perfectly. And if it's not perfect, then we failed, but it's never going to stay that way. Like that's not how our bodies work. You, you will gain a little bit of weight. You will lose a little bit of weight. That's just, that's part of life. And when my clients get to these stages, that's when I start going, okay, we need to set other goals. Like what, what kind of performance goals do you want? Do we want to grow? Do we want to see muscle growth? Because when we can 
change our focus from being so fixated on things needing to be smaller. And we actually start seeing growth and we notice like, oh my gosh, I love the way that my body feels right now. That can really help that mindset through that and, and just change your mind about, about feeling like you need to stay the same. You don't need to stay the same and you shouldn't stay the same. If you stay the same, you don't, you don't have growth either mentally, emotionally, or physically. If you stay the same forever, you're, you're never going to improve. Um, but I do feel like we, we all get stuck in that thought that, oh, we need to stay the same. Oh, my body's just this way. So I might as well not even try, right? No, you can still see improvement. I've, like I said, I've got Camry who might have the lordosis issue. I've got a client who does have scoliosis and we are still able to see huge improvements in both of these and in you and this other client because they are working at it. And we just, we work with it. There's so many things you can do to work with whatever's going on. Well, should we wrap it up? Did you have anything you wanted to add? No, I think that's pretty much it. Awesome. I didn't have as many questions because you just answered them before I asked them. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, well, right before you got on, I'm like, all the notes right now. And so my brain was primed. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's perfect. Yeah. No, this is, it's one of, honestly, training for posture and looking at posture is my favorite thing to do as a trainer and a coach, because it, it just shows you how your body can change when you work at it, when you do, when you put in the reps, when you have a good training program. It is just so fun to, for me to see just the the difference in posture. I honestly love to see difference in posture more than I love to see a client lose weight because it shows so much more, right? Like, like, yes, you can lose weight. That's great. But when we can change your posture, you're going to have less chronic pain. You're going to feel more confident. You're going to have better digestion. You're going to be able to ride better where you lose weight. And it's like, yeah, it's great. You look great, you know, but a lot of times, unless, unless you are to a point where it's causing health issues, Losing weight's more of a vanity thing than it is a functional thing. So training and posture, it's like, that's a functional thing. We get to see changes in your functionality. So I I love it. Yeah. Well, and it's something that matters throughout your entire day with everything that you do. And so it's so much more meaningful and impactful. Um, Like you said, unless you're severely, severely overweight, you know, it's yeah, it's, it's nice to look in the mirror and see like the lines or whatever, but, but it is a, more of a vanity thing overall. But yeah, when you have that better posture, it just impacts everything. It impacts how you feel at your job. It impacts how you ride your horse. It impacts how you interact with your kids. And so it's, it does, it's, it matters in everything, all of it, all day. So it's a pretty fun change to make. Yeah. Yeah. And vanity is okay too, guys. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I don't want to say that, that that's not okay thing. No, it is. It is good because when you, when you shoot for vanity goals, you're going to feel better about yourself too. So it's okay. Yeah. But, but I do, I love the functionality a lot more because it's just, it's so fun to see. And, and to just watch your writing Camry, even just, just the changes you've been able to improve in your writing from your training and just from putting in the reps has been really cool to see. And that's what I love about my job. <laughs> so Yeah. Oh, um, maybe we'll cut this out. Maybe we'll leave it. Uh, I had to send my custom saddle in to fix part of it. Oh, yeah. And so I've been riding in my husband's Teskey saddle, which is a great saddle. I cult started in that thing for years before I got my other saddle, but it is older. And um, the stirrups have, because they rope in it, 
and they tend to lean to the one side when they rope, the one stirrup is longer than the other one by like an inch-ish. And um, I have noticed a difference this last week. I think that's why my hips are so sore is I'm like, those stirrups are uneven. And I'm like, I need my saddle. <laughs> like, send it back, please. <laughs> yes. So. Oh, my gosh. No, I we're leaving that in because I've noticed the same thing. If you're riding and you notice that one hip starts to hurt more than the other or you get off and like one side of your lower back is hurting, it's a good sign that your stirrups are uneven. Even if they're on the same the same hole, they're probably uneven. I had the same exact issue two weeks ago where I was like, my brand new saddle and my hips are still killing me. I was really frustrated because I was like, well, I guess, I guess it is me. You know, it's not just that I had a twisted saddle before, but then I looked at, at, at them side by side, got off and looked and one was like an inch higher than the other, even though they were <laughs> on the same hole. Right. So lowered it. And then, oh my gosh, my hips feel so much better. <laughs> yeah. So check your tack too. Yes, check your tack. Because <laughs> I think honestly, switching to sitting all day and then having that saddle I bought that ended up being twisted, 100% screwed up my hips. Like I, I blame the saddle almost more than I blame the sitting, <laughs> to be yeah. honest. So if you, if you notice that when you're riding that, that you're noticing pain, check your tack, please. Because I just got through that and my hips have not been the same all year because of this one saddle I bought that that ended up being twisted so yes yeah the tree was twisted right mm -hmm. yeah the the tree was twisted so it was it was tilting my pelvis in a funny way um like making one pelvis or one side of my pelvis go back and one side go forward it did a lot of not good things to me and I just couldn't figure out what was wrong and then at one point I was worried that maybe it was my horse and so got like took some pictures of her and sent them to Camry I'm like hey just peace of mind everything look okay on her you know yeah but it ended up being where my saddle was twisted so if you look at the bottom of the saddle so if you if you flip the saddle upside down so the uh pommels on the ground and the cantles up by your head and you look down the pommels like to the left and the cantles to the right and mm. yeah so that's a good check to have if you if you flip your saddle upside down and look down do they line up straight or is or is the horn or pommel a little bit to the side from where you're looking so that's that's yeah. a check to have as well did you notice changes in sandy with it too did she get sore oh yeah oh yeah um her i think that's why um like we've talked about she's had issues with her uh left legs with me trimming and picking them up she will not she and she gets really mad so she'll pick them up but then she gets really mad and, like flips me in the face with her tail you know and and then gets to where she leans on me a lot more on those and i think that's why I think it's because her, because it made her back sore. Like if I run my fingers along her back, she doesn't do the normal checks. Like, like we check when we're doing chiropractic stuff. Um, but I do think that it made her shoulders and her hips sore because of how she reacts with her, with her legs. And I had a body worker come out and structurally everything's fine, but she was, yeah, she still is a little bit. She's definitely gotten better since I switched saddles and bought a new saddle and I'm working on myself. But because, because of that saddle, she and I are both a little off. I notice in our riding with this new saddle and my hips, I still, I'm just, it's really frustrating because <laughs> I'm a good rider, dang it, you know, but I'm having a really hard time. Even just the hour a week that we spend at the arena, 
man, it feels like a workout, right? Because I am changing how my body's now holding itself. I am really focused on trying to keep my hips straight because my hips are wanting to fall back into that place that the other saddle was putting it in. So I'm constantly having to change the way I'm sitting. I'm, I'm noticing the same changes in Sandy as well, where, um, where she wants to almost fall over on the left side where I was twisted on that side. Right. So we've been working a lot on just carriage through there, making sure we're lifted, making sure we're, we're putting in the reps. And definitely the last couple of weeks, I feel like we've finally made a turning point where both of us are like, oh, okay, like she is not falling to the left as much anymore. Like now it's more of a habit thing. I feel like when she does versus structurally, she's doing that. Um, and then for me, like my hips are definitely getting better. I still end up being pretty sore at the end, but it's, it's more of an overall, like muscle soreness versus a pain soreness if that makes sense good deal yeah i'm glad you're feeling a little bit of improvement (laughs) yeah we're getting there slowly but surely so i think that's everything i've got camry i mean we can for forever so (laughs) (laughs) well thank you for your insights hopefully this helps somebody so hopefully it does and guys i know i can get a little bit excited about some of this stuff so check out that the link that I'm going to put in, it is, it puts it more in a basic terms and it'll give you some, some ideas. And then I've also put in like an example workout day that I'll put together just so you guys can have an idea of how I put it together and you're more than welcome to try it out. But again, I don't know you, I don't know the program. So there's that dis- disclaimer, like I have no idea who you are, or what you look like. So go at it at your own risk (laughs) you're gonna try it out but it'll help kind of explain what I've been talking about today awesome well we will chat with you guys next week thank you for listening to the horsewoman project if you have a story to tell please email us at thehorsewomanproject at gmail.com Links to both of our websites, social pages, and emails will be added to the show notes, as well as any links that are mentioned or contact information for our guests. Talk to you next week.